English, but I'm American. Um, no, I, I, I was contempla contemplating buying a pistol. And uh, see, there you go. <coughs> Those violent Americans. Okay. Anyway, and so the discussion, it didn't get heated, but a little tense. Because, you know, some of the guys really challenged me, like, why do you need one? Do you really need one? If you had to, would you kill someone? I mean, and I, I'm sitting there going, of course, I'm an American. And it, it was sort of fun, but not so much. Right? But it was good. So <laughs> this guy, we're eating the most, and he goes, he leans back and goes, so did you get it? I go, get what? Did you get the gun? <laughs> and I'm going, oh, here we are, back in the same conversation a year and a half ago. But that for me is good. It's like there's a continuation, there's relationship, and all that. So it's, it's, I recognize many of you, and we're going, hi, how are you? Like it's the most normal thing in the world. Um, so it's really good to be back. I want to, obviously, I want to share some things. Um, but before I do, um, I, I have first a message from our sponsor. <coughs> Prophetic word for somebody. The guy with the cool sunglasses. The blue and purple. Is, yeah, Sir, what is your name? Yeah, you. Mark. Mark? Okay. When you walked in, I was back there, and immediately I had a couple ideas come, come to me, like real clear pictures. Here's the first one. Um, actually, I saw a picture of you walking down the road, and on the side was, it looked to be like garbage. And other people are just walking by, and they're just, no mind, but you're, you, would, you, you would reach in and just pull something out that had been discarded, but the way you look at things, you go, I can fix this thing up. As a matter of fact, I can make it better than it was before, right? And it's just like you were good at doing that. Um, what was interesting is I think that represented people. That um, I don't know what you're actually doing, but God has a call in you to actually reach out to people that people have just sort of given up on. They're just given up on. And you're going, I think I can do something with this guy. I think I'd you know, get them out of the garbage heap, for one. And then maybe just spend some time bringing restoration. What I saw is that you were good at it, but the more you did that, the more confidence you had. I'm not saying you don't have confidence, but it's something like, wow, I was really made for this. I was really made to rescue and then restore people. That was, that was the picture I had. Then I had uh, two Bible stories. I think they represent the same thing. One was, you know the story of the prodigal. He's a son. You know, father loves him, but the kid decided to take all that the father had given him and just waste it on himself. And he got to the place where he was just a mess. And his father loved him, always looked for him, but he didn't run after him because he knew that the son had to learn some lessons. And once he finally came to the bottom of himself, he went, this is not working. And so he humbled himself and ran back and his father was there to embrace him and throw a party instead of going, now where have you been? Have you been screwing up? Have you been sinning? I mean, he didn't do any of that. He, like the old church lady. Oh, you guys don't have Saturday Night Live, but there's a lady who pretends to be a church lady. She's just really uptight. She's always going, isn't that special? Have you been sinning? <laughs> yeah, she, she needs to get married. But anyway, <laughs> you got what I'm saying. Right, really, way too uptight. Um, but 
But what I see is that God's going to put you through a couple things where you're going to be like one of those fathers looking for the lost sons who are deciding to come back. Because not everybody's really qualified to, to take those who have gone off and hit bottom and just done stu- stupid stuff and injure themselves and injure others and all that sort of stuff. Not many people are really qualified to genuinely welcome back people and go, look, I'm glad you're back. Uh, we'll talk about where you've been, but we're glad you're back. Let's clean you up. Let's, let, let's get you to a place where you can really walk in what you're called to do. I think you're just going to be great at it. You, you won't go all the way, but you'll like run halfway and bring people that God's returning back to the Lord. And the other one is, you know the guy that's filled with demons, the demoniac? I mean, just a mess. And it's like everybody tried to help him. And nothing worked. Nothing. And so he was all by himself. He's broken the chains. He's doing self-destructive behavior. And he's going, Ehh. I mean, he is just tormented. All right? And people just said, well, whatever. We can't help him. He's just one of those failures. And then this guy who had all these problems, he saw Jesus. And it was really weird with all his problems. And of course, he hadn't bathed. Now it's, he, he was stinky. He was a mess. He was confused, deeply ashamed. He had all these bad things. But, and, and he had demons. Got a, he, had, he was tormented from the inside. And when he saw Jesus, there was nothing that could keep him from running to Jesus. If you were a demon and you were in that guy, what would you be whispering? Don't go back. You can't back. You, you, you have demons and you're a mess and you stink and you'll never make it there. And even if you did, he won't accept you. You know, that, that's what you would say. That's what I would say if I were a demon. This guy with all these voices, all this past, all this insanity, he ran toward Jesus and it was a full surrender. And what Jesus did is he cast out the demons, removed the source of torment. And then... I don't know what else he did. But the guy came to his right mind. He took, he took a bath. And he got fully clothed. And I'm sure he wasn't perfect. But all of a sudden he had purpose. And he started telling other people all around the region about the reality uh, of, of what Jesus had done. And the thing was, he had a reputation. Everybody knew what a loser he was. You know, that kind of thing. Everybody knew it, and here's this guy going, no, really, really, I got no, I got no demons, and smell me, I feel good, I, I smell good, and all this sort of stuff. His, his message that Jesus really can you know, rescue someone, it wasn't just truth, he was a reality. He was, he was the commercial for that truth. That's you. Brother, there's nothing, nothing that can keep you from running as hard, hard as you can toward going farther than you've ever gone with Jesus. And I'm telling you, you are so good. Right now you're like a sponge. Just a sponge. If you were so thirsty and someone just put a sponge in water and then gave you a like that, you would, you would go, 
that's how you are. Because you're like, you have a very addictive personality. When you get into something, you're 110%. That's, you know, if you're going to do something weird, you'll do weird all the way. If you'll do something crazy, all the way. I mean, really, if, if you're going to have a nip of something, you'll have the whole bottle. I mean, that's just how you are. God's not going to change that disposition. He's just going to change your focus. Um, other than that, you're just going to have a boring life. <laughs> Back to our regularly scheduled programming. Um, you're welcome, sir. Anybody know this guy? Okay. Um, I like movies not nearly as much as he does. <laughs> but I don't check up on him, you know, on, on Facebook. But now I will because I found out his favorite bedtime movies. Um, he's got more movies than, well, he just got a lot of movies. Um, but have you ever seen Gladiator? Great movie. If look, if you haven't, if you haven't, guaranteed, when you go to heaven, they'll play it. They will play Gladiator in heaven. Um. Anyway, there's a scene. It's it's on the front end of the movie that they're the barbarian horde. And uh, they're really nasty guys. And then there's the Roman Legion. Um, and they're going you know, to win. But he decides to inspire his soldiers. Some of whom are going to pay a price. They're going to get hurt. Maybe they'll die and all. And he said something that was so... I mean, I could have turned the movie off right there. It was so profound. He said, men, what you do today will echo throughout eternity and the thing is like nobody really will know what each individual did but they actually I mean, that was an inspiration that how you actually live your life right now it, it's not just having a good life it will echo it will have effect throughout eternity that's something that's profound about Christianity. Um, I th- we all know this, that what we do here, even if we don't get rewards, is this working? What happened? Hello? Okay. Whoa! Anyway, one of the fascinating things about is we're saved by grace. And, but how we use the grace that God gives us is like an investment into our future. That how we pursue God, how we act now, God says there's going to be rewards here. Even if we don't experience some of those rewards here on earth. In heaven, you know, I mean, I really live for that. I mean, when I get to heaven, I, I don't want just a nice little TV. I want like a big 60-inch flat-screen TV with a jacuzzi. You know, not, but I mean, and not because I've earned it, but there's something about 
what we do now has eternal consequences. Also, what we do now has eternal consequences here on earth. Some of the littlest things that we do. Once we get to heaven, we'll go, I mean, when I did that, it started this chain reaction and produced that. Isn't that amazing? I don't want to sugarcoat things. Um, I want to tell you the truth, what, what I believe God's shown me about this church. You're really a great church, but you're like a, an eight-cylinder car running on four cylinders. Now that's not a slam, because on four cylinders you can still get around. Going up hills might be a little difficult, but there's something about, there's a greatness in you that hasn't been fully tapped. This doesn't mean that you failed. It doesn't mean that you're not good enough. Have you ever just done all that you know to do and then you find out you have more? You didn't even know you had more. But when you had more, you could go farther. That's what I see for this church. I think that's what God sees for this church. And I want to share some things that might... It won't add cylinders to your car. What it'll probably do is just sort of get them going. That you'll be able to operate on more cylinders. Be able to walk with even more effectiveness than you're currently walking in. I mean, do you hear my heart? I'm not saying you guys have missed it. I'm not saying you're, you're, you're underperforming. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is that God is bringing you all into a season that some of the things He's put in you, you're going to see more of that to greater effect than you ever thought before. If that discourages you, please repent. Really. What does a good father do to a kid? Encourages and comforts and at the right, right time challenges them to go beyond what they th they're either capable of doing, what they think they're capable of doing, or what they want to do. Isn't that true? I can't do that. It's too hard. I don't want to. All that sort of stuff. Isn't, any, isn't what I'm doing good enough? And you know, a father who's a good father says, look, I love you, I comfort and I encourage you, but there's more in you than you're currently experiencing. Uh, here's another thing that I've noticed. Now, some of you are old. That's really prophetic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. What? What? Say that again? <laughs> no, but I mean, when I say old, I'm not saying like near death. I'm saying you're, you're extremely mature Christians, okay? And yeah, so, so what does that mean? What does that mean? I mean, here's this guy who's not an extremely mature Christian, right? I mean... <laughs> Yeah, he, 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 he's like your comic book pastor, you know, hey, let's have fun, right? And you're sitting there going, well, bless his heart, he can play music and he sure can preach good and I know he loves us and he's got great vision, but he's younger, right? There's, what do you do with a group of people who are sitting there going, they've paid their dues, they, they, they've gone through the wars, they, they just love God, they love people, and, then, and they even know how to say amen to the next visionary who comes to the church. Amen. We agree with that. I'm not going to do it, but we agree with that. We're, you know, we're too old to change. But we sure can give our experience to help others change. I mean, that's how, 
older people often think, right? If I'm getting, getting you mad, I am your opportunity to walk in love. Come on. Jesus would never say anything that would offend you, right? He would never do that. He would, Jesus would never. He's always kind. He's like, he's like on methadone. You know, always quiet and smiling, always encouraging. He will never jack you up so you can go to the next level of effectiveness. Anyway, I want to talk about a couple things I think they'll help me. They'll help you right where you're at to go into new dimensions of confidence and effectiveness in your walk with Jesus. Would that be all right? Okay, you said, well, we'll see what you're going to ask us to do. Um, let, me, let me set the stage. I've used this example before. Remember last time? Um, if you take a diamond all by itself and you look at it, you go, that's a pretty diamond. But in fairly short order, you'll go, what's the diamond for? Is it, is, is it for a necklace? Is it for a ring? Is it for an earring? You know, what's it for? And as much as you look at the diamond, disinspect it, you will not be able to see the purpose in the diamond. The, the, the purpose, the setting, has got to come externally to it. And once, once it gets the right setting, the, the diamond you know, can, gets shown off. It's beautiful. And, but it needs the setting to discover its purpose. You could have a beautiful diamond, but if you have like a, a bubblegum setting, you know, you chew bubblegum, and you got this blob of bubblegum, and put the diamond in it, and then wrap it around your finger, okay? If you saw that, would you go, oh, there's a diamond in a piece of bubblegum? You would doubt that it was a diamond. You go, oh, so, there's something about we can have inadequate purposes carrying treasures that actually get in the way of people really seeing what it is that we carry. My daughter, there's another, I just want to get to a point. My daughter, my middle daughter, well, she, she likes to do things with me whether I want her to do it with me or not. She's very proactive. I was in the backyard a couple years back and I am hammering some pieces of wood together and uh, she comes out, what are you doing, Daddy? And I come, I'm hammering nails. And she goes, I'm going to do it too. She didn't ask. She said, I'm going to do it too. I get her a hammer, get her nails, and she spent about 15 minutes just crunching her poor hands. Just, ah, right. And I finally taught her how to do it and tap, tap, and then boom, boom, boom. She was a natural. She's really good. So it was, it was such a beautiful thing. It makes me cry to think about it. Father and daughter, just hammering nails into wood together on a nice spring afternoon. Isn't that beautiful, right? So we're doing it. She's really good at it. I'm really good at it. I've mentored her in this. And then she asked this question. Daddy, why are we hammering nails into the wood? And I go, oh, we're making a bookcase, right? She goes, oh. And so her perspective on what she was doing changed. Because she was the, the purpose was not in the activity, it was something outside the activity. We can do that in church. And I'm never going to cut against, you know, spiritual activities. 
I love praying in tongues in the middle of songs. I love it. I love worshiping. I love, I love eating. There's a whole bunch of, you know, I love reading the Bible. I love learning all the songs. I love it. And there are people who go, oh, those are just empty rituals. They are not. When we engage in those things, it builds us up. It does something to us. But sometimes we have to stand back and go, okay, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Really, what's the fundamental why that sort of surrounds everything? And you know, why do you do church? I mean, I've had that. Look, I minister in churches and I'm all over the world. And sometimes I go, okay, now why am I doing this? I know this is my calling. By God's grace, I'm good at it. But why am I doing it? What's the purpose? And when I latch on to the purpose, something happens to me. I, I want to improve. I change things. And I have a little more zeal. And it's not so that I can get better at the activity, but so that I can achieve the purposes. Right? So I'm going to share something that you'll probably all say amen to. That the, the primary, not the only, but the primary purpose of church is so that we get to experience our part of the Great Commission. All the other things are important. Let, let me give you another illustration that I believe I've used before. My wife's an artist. And I'm, I know nothing about art except whether I like it or not. You know, color coordinate. I'm not good at it. I mean, this is my fashion statement. I mean, I just don't know anything like that. But she said, you can have a really beautiful painting, expertly done, great use of colors, and all that sort of stuff. And if it has the wrong backing and, and, and wrong uh, uh, frame, even though the painting doesn't change, people will often say, the frame takes away from the painting. But if you get the right, if you have the same painting with the right sort of backing and the right sort of frame, the painting doesn't change. The components of the painting do not change. But with the right frame, people say it brings things out, right? I really believe that the Great Commission is the frame that actually brings out the very best in a church. It brings out the very best in an individual. Great Commission is not, it's not hard to understand. It's hard to live. It's not hard to understand. Basically, God says, I'm in charge. I'm going to tell you what to do. I want you to go. Go where? I'm not telling you. But wherever you go, do it in such a way that you're going to make disciples. Not students, uh, but disciples of a certain sort who want to obey Jesus. That's, and, 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 and Jesus says, just go ahead. It's on-the-job training. Just go ahead. I'll, I'll be with you wherever you go. That's the Great Commission. That's, and if, if you really think about it, when we grow into that frame, the very best that God's put in us, it comes out more. It just does. Here's where the discouragement comes. Have you ever agreed with theory and then say to yourself, well, that's true, but I can never experience that? But you're really excited about the truth. You go, this is great. This is great. But you're over here. Have, have you ever 
been part of a business that has a great vision statement. All right? And you go, that's great. I really believe in everything. But then you look in how, how the business actually operates, and the actual operation of the business is not, nowhere near the vision statement. And people... The Great Commission is it's, it's the fundamental why behind church. It's the fundamental why that can frame all our gifts, all our callings. It, it can even provide purpose to our major failings. It's just an amazing thing. But when you start talking about let's develop the Great Commission in our lives in the church, let's develop outreach and let's develop discipleship, People go, amen, we know it's Scripture, but how do you grow into it? If you're like me, I see a vision, I go, okay, everybody, let's just jump right in. And it doesn't work, because most of the things that God has for us, we have to grow into, don't we? Now, I know I'm talking to old people, but can you guys grow into anything? I mean, is there anything that God has for you that you haven't yet fully experienced? Is there any aspects of the Great Commission, of your capacity to touch people and train and disciple people and affect future generations, is there any of that that you haven't experienced yet that, that given the right sort of whatever, you could grow into it? The key is not to go, well, here's what we have, here's what we have to do, and just look at us Oh, what are we going to do? We we don't have this stuff, but we should be here. Have you ever been around people like that? That's just religious garbage. I'm telling you. It's religious garbage. You know what God does? He says, this is where I want you. This is where you're here. And if you'll partner with me, I'll grow you into it. I'll grow you into it. I mean, go ahead. Some of you may be hot-tempered, easily offended. And, and, and And God says, look... I want you to love your neighbor. And you go, my neighbor is going to be the next Antichrist. Right? You just get all mad. But so you know, God said, okay, we'll get to the Antichrist later. How about, I want you to love your kids. Well, that's a little easier. And he, he helps you practice. You, you, he, sometimes he gives you easy people to practice on. Right? And then after a while, he'll come around and say, okay, now what about the Antichrist in next door? And after a while, you go, I think I can pray for that guy. I think maybe I can you know, have my wife bring over brownies or something like that. We, we grow and develop in that. Isn't that true? Almost any sort of thing that Jesus calls us to do, he sets a very high standard. But right where we're at, he puts us th- through process, he equips us, changes, transforms us, gives us what we need, loves us along the way, and we grow into his standard. Isn't that right? You know, a little amen and help a brother out. No, no, thank you. No, but so this great commission thing is God's biggest idea for the church. And everywhere I go, even the church, even, even the church that I go to, and I'm not bragging, but we have 9,000 people and we're not satisfied. We're not a mega church because we're into being a mega church. God's just, we're just in a big city with a whole bunch of lost people. I mean, really. But there's something about God setting a standard setting a goal, setting a vision, setting an ideal. And, and, if, and if you're smart, you won't sit there and whine, oh, we're not there, I don't want it. You say, okay, God, how do you want to father me into it? And that, 
that's what God wants to talk about to all of us, not just to you. So here, I think one of the best ways to learn how to grow is to be able to see some of the obstacles to growth. Because once we see the obstacles to growth, we might go, oh man, I didn't even know. That's in my life. I didn't even know that was an obstacle. I thought that was just me or something like that. When we see the obstacles to growth, to, to growing into what God has for us, we see them without any condemnation. Then we go, oh Lord, can you transform me so this no longer operates like that? Right? So, one, two, three things. It's probably eight million obstacles, but there's three that I see that are very important. One is a wrong or an incorrect view of weakness. An incorrect view of weakness. Here, let, let me read from Scripture. I think it's Isaiah 55. Um, before I do, let me tell you this story. It's not a true story. I just made it up. I want you to imagine you go into a supermarket um, and you buy groceries for your family for a month. I don't know how much that's going to cost you, but let's say it costs 500 U.S. dollars. <coughs> and you, ha- you, you bring your carts to the lady at the checkout and she goes all that, and she, that'll be $500. And you go... Well, I don't have any money, um, but thank you for checking me out anyway. And you start walking out. Then you go, excuse me, you have to pay for that. And you go, no, I'm sorry. I don't have money, but I need this, right? That would be bizarre, don't you think? Welcome to the kingdom of God. 